Hello, and welcome to another episode of Podcasting for Educators. Today kicks off a new series that I'm doing all about organic podcast growth. I know that many of you listening have started your podcast. Maybe you've had it for months, a year, or even longer, and you're always looking for ways to grow your listenership. So for the next several episodes, I'm going to highlight key things to focus on in order to ensure that your podcast reaches as many people as possible without using paid ads or paid traffic. Now, all of these things require intention and effort, but they are strategies that will pay off big time and long term. To kick this series off, we are focusing on holistic SEO in today's episode. With all of the different platforms and trends online, it can be really hard to know where you should be spending your time. A lot of you got into podcasting because you didn't want to be on social media 24-7. And so there are other things that you can focus on in order to grow your podcast and grow awareness around you as an authority in your niche. SEO is one of those things. SEO and podcasting go hand in hand, and yet it's something that lots of podcasters don't really take into consideration. Our guest, Nina Gibson, is with us to share some really juicy stuff about SEO. She shares this idea of holistic SEO and why it's so beneficial for personal brands, as well as tips specifically for podcasters. We also go into the details of SEO on social platforms like TikTok and Instagram. Nina Gibson is an SEO expert, visibility coach, and corporate dropout who is crazy excited about helping entrepreneurs create an online legacy with smart and holistic SEO strategies. She's also a dog-obsessed mom to two amazing kids and lives on the southern coast of Maine. Let's go meet Nina. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right, we are here with Nina. Nina, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm excited too. We've been this interview has been in the works for a while. I love following you on Instagram. I hear you talk about holistic SEO. Can you kind of tell us what that term means to you and why it's so important for personal brands? Yeah. So I really love to talk about SEO in in from that holistic perspective for a couple of reasons. The first being at its very core. SEO is about people and it's about creating connections and it's about sort of bridging the gap between that person out there who has a need or a question or is looking for a service and the content that you have that satisfies that need. And I think in 2022 and beyond, so many platforms have so much content creation happening. There needs to be a way to filter through that and serve the user the best results, right? And that's sort of where SEO comes in. And you see this with Instagram and the whole TikTok SEO thing and all of that. All of these platforms are finding ways to create connections just beyond like, you know, is this a trending audio or how many followers someone has? And so 
I think looking at it holistically and really putting the user front and center, which is what Google wants you to do anyway, and thinking about all of the different platforms that have an SEO angle or, you know, that utilize SEO in some way and building your marketing out from there. And so I really like to get people to think about it beyond just like the traditional Google blog post. I have to write all this content and think about it. Where are you showing up? And how can you leverage SEO on those platforms? And how can you put the user front and center when you're doing that? Yeah, that's perfect. And I I know I've been hearing so much about like SEO on TikTok and now SEO on Instagram and it's like, and Pinterest, like it's all these different platforms. And you're so right that at, at the core of it is the user. And sometimes I think we get, especially with all the social media platforms, like we get so caught up in like, the algorithm or on, you know, on our website, we have our Yoast plugin and we just want to see that green light. And like, it takes away from really creating that engaging content that Mm. people really want to find. So I love to, we're going to talk about like some tips for specifically for podcasters when it comes to SEO, but I'd also love to know, like, how do you create, how do you go about like creating your content? with SEO in mind? Like, where do you start? Yeah. So I always start with keywords. Always. They're like the anchor for your content and the sort of jumping off point for whatever you're going to create. And I like to start there because it gives you an inside view into what the user is thinking. And, you know, I think keywords have become a little bit less relevant over time as Google gets more sophisticated and other platforms too with AI. But I still think people have ways of looking for certain content, like how do I or how to or tips, you know, they append their searches with certain things. So I spend a lot of time doing keyword research. And I spend a lot of time typing things into different platforms and seeing what results pop up, to be honest, and getting an idea of, okay, I'm typing in, you know, uh, holistic business coach, I was just looking um, at these terms the other day, what kind of content is popping up? What what do I think the user is looking for when they're, you know, typing that into Google or Instagram or even TikTok? And then I look at the popularity of the term, how difficult it is to rank for, you know, some of that more nitty gritty. And then I, you know, I have this big bucket list and I start thinking about, okay, this would make a really awesome long form blog post. Somebody's looking for like a checklist or a PDF. This would be a great freebie landing page, stuff like that. So, but I really always start with what are, what are people actually searching for? And what kind of content is ranking for those terms? And and then I go from there. Yeah, that's perfect. I've been talking a lot recently with some of the clients that I work with and just podcasters in general about how, especially with, because as a podcaster, I mean, if you're having, if you're doing show notes, hopefully what you are on your website, that is essentially blogging. Um, Mm -hmm. It just kind of looks different than how you view a traditional blog. But I've been talking with them a lot lately about how, you know, I think most podcasters, they create their content and then they go to write their show notes and then they kind of maybe, maybe do some keyword research where really we should be thinking about it the other way around, starting with that keyword like you were just talking about and using that to help drive your content and drive your episode topics because in the end that's also going to make writing your show notes a lot easier it's going to be it's going to make it easier to incorporate that keyword in an engaging way and in a way that makes sense so 
I am really trying, that's like something that I'm really trying to lean into for 2023 because I I do that now, but I haven't always done that. It has kind of been like the last thing on my list instead of the first thing on my list when I do my podcast content. And I heard you a minute ago, you were talking about how, you know, Google is becoming more sophisticated. Can you verify Google does now, I don't know what the right term is, is it crawl or index audio as well? right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So does it pick up like everything on your podcast or is it like, how does that work if you know? Yeah. So the same way that like TikTok is crawling audio, Google does the same. So they're picking out, I mean, I don't know. It's proprietary. They don't tell us. If I had to guess, they are like crawling it and then they're pulling out like key terms. They're probably, their AI is identifying like um, for this podcast, for example, like we're talking about SEO for podcasts, you know, that's going to be said multiple times. My guess is they look for patterns in terms and they're pulling out. Um, there might be additional information on this out there. Somebody might be listening to be like, that's not how it works. But that would be my guess. <laughs> that would yeah. be my guess is um, they're using AI to be able to identify themes and specific keywords and things like that. But yes, they are getting and they're getting better at it. I don't think that it's something that they've perfected. Um, but it's absolutely something that they're doing for sure. Yeah. I just think it's so cool to kind of like follow how far we've come. I mean, a Mm. year ago, like Google podcasts weren't even like popping up in Google searches and now they finally are, but it's crazy how quickly things can change. And especially with just like how much podcasts are evolving and how quickly they're evolving. I think that it's just going to continue to get better in terms of search results. So can we talk a little bit about SEO for podcasts? Like what are some of the things that podcasters should be keeping in mind when it comes to SEO? Do you have any kind of tips for us there? Yeah. So you mentioned show notes 100% and you talked about keyword research and I, you know, not every single episode that you're going to do will have a keyword that makes sense, but really use keyword research to inform your topics. You know, I think sometimes we get a little bit egocentric and we assume that we know exactly what our audience wants to hear about (laughs) and things like that. But then if you actually spend some time doing keyword research and a little bit of market research in terms of other content around that topic, use that as a jumping off point. And then make sure that you're using those keywords in your titles, your episode titles. I see a lot of podcast titles that are like fluffy and touchy-feely, which is great on the one hand for evoking emotion and a response. But for search engines, you need to sort of balance it between giving the information about what the podcast is about and, you know, having somebody click through and be like, oh, I need to listen to that episode. So that would be like, honestly, making sure that you're using keyword research to inform a good percentage of your podcast episodes and optimizing the title, using those keywords in your show notes. And then also sort of to what we were just talking about, make sure you're using that in the audio. So if like you, I sometimes listen to podcasts and the title and the actual audio content, there's a disconnect there. Oh, yes. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought this was about something (laughs) totally different. So make sure that what you're actually talking about fits the title and not just what you want the title to be because you think that that's, you know, that that right title to have. So those would be some of my tips. Um, And look to see, you know, what kind of other content I like to think about um, podcasts and audio as legacy content 
video, long form content and audio, those are all legacy types of content, right? They're going to live on and compound over time and they're evergreen usually. So think about too, like when you're coming up with podcast topics, obviously some things are timely, but what kind of topics are really meant to be evergreen, right? And are going to, if somebody's searching three years from now, will your podcast still be relevant? I always recommend that a certain percentage, like 25 to 30% of your content be really, really focused on evergreen. Yes, that's such a good tip. I I know I think sometimes, especially like in this season, as we're like approaching the holiday season, it's like so tempting to make all of our content like holiday specific. But then what happens six months down the road? Like those are the episodes that that really aren't going to gain as much traction because they're really popular in the moment. And it's fine to have some of those, I think. But I totally agree. Like overall, try and make those topics evergreen. And like, yes, 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 about actually doing that keyword research, because I know I've been guilty of this. And I know a lot of people are like, you think you know what people want to hear, but then you do that keyword research, you look at your data, look at your downloads and see like, oh, that episode that I was so excited about is like one of my lowest downloaded episodes. Clearly, that's not what people want to hear. So yeah, digging into that is is key. Do you have a favorite keyword research tool? I would say if you're doing any kind of Google ads, you have access to Google's keyword planner. Start there because it's Google's own data, right? Yeah. But my favorite from there is SEMrush. And their um, keyword research tool is super robust. It gives you the keyword difficulty, which is basically from like zero to 100, how hard it would be to rank. It gives you the intent behind the keyword. So there are four different types of user intent. So you can understand like, is this person looking for information or are they looking to buy something? And that's something else that's really important. So like not all keywords are the same, right? Some people like keywords are purely informational. Some are transactional, navigational. Like you would be surprised how many people type in Facebook website into Google. Like really? Oh yeah. You know, and so making sure you understand and, and SEMrush is really great for that. Um, and they also give you like questions and prepositions and all of that. So you can start with like a root keyword and then build off from there. So it's my favorite tool. And plus the platform itself is super robust. Um, there are all kinds of other things you can do in it. So it's on the pricey side. That's the only drawback. But I think if you are serious about content marketing and building a podcast audience um, or any kind of website audience, then it's definitely worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. I have not used that one yet. I always see it come up in the results because I've used um, Uber Suggest is usually mm-hmm. what I will go to first. Is it is SEM Rush? Is that a like monthly fee or is it a one time? It is. Yeah. It's a monthly yeah. fee. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Very cool about the intent. I've never heard about that or like seen that before. So that's a really cool feature. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of like level of difficulty, like what's the sweet spot there, or does it kind of depend? It kind of depends. So it really depends on, are you an established website? You know, have you been around for a long time? Do you have a higher authority and trust level in the eyes of Google than say somebody who's just starting out? Their website is new. I mean, so it depends a little bit. I like to say anything like 30 and below in terms of keyword difficulty, unless, you know, you're like an Amy Porterfield, then you could probably like go after those higher um, and more competitive terms, but also like get a sense, right? Like if, you, even if it's harder to rank for, but you see there's a gap in yeah. the content that's ranking and you're like, you know what, I my what I'm going to put out is really valuable and I think meets the user need better. 
you know, you might have a better chance of ranking. So don't let that be the only thing, but also it's important to set expectations. And I think the number one thing to remember is SEO is a long term strategy. It is not going to move your needle in 30 days, 60 days. I mean, there are, of course, exceptions, but I think where people sometimes get hung up is that we want instant gratification. I just spent $10,000 on this mastermind. I want instant gratification. I'm doing TikTok. I want an instant audience, you know, and I think that that's where people sort of not, I don't want to use the word fail because I don't like that, but that's where we falter a little bit is, you know, oh, we're really excited. And then two months later, we give up. It's those bloggers from like 2012 who are still yeah. making thousands of dollars of residual income every month on a blog post they wrote 10 years ago. Right. So that's sort of how you have to think about it is if I'm really like invested in growing my business and building an online legacy of content, it's not going to happen overnight. So be patient. Yes, that's that's so good. And the same goes for podcasting. Like mm-hmm. I I know so many people who have I mean, I, I just think we're so like numb to these huge numbers on Instagram and then they start a podcast and they expect their numbers to mm. translate to the podcast. And like, that's not how it works. And it, it does take time. Like, I always think that you need to go into podcasting to at least stick with it for a year and mm-hmm. then see where you are in a year because it takes time to build that audience and really kind of clean up your messaging and figure out who you are as a podcaster and all of that. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think SEO and podcasting just have a lot of overlap in terms of how they are organic marketing methods. So circling back to show notes, do you have any advice on important things that need to be in show notes that would kind of boost the SEO overall? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the number one thing is making sure that you are including the keyword. I'm a big fan of like including audio transcriptions or eventually turning that transcription into a full form blog post. I think there's an enormous amount of value in that, but making sure that you're using the keyword that you're targeting in your podcast in the show notes um, and then structuring them. I mean, I think I like to think about it like a traditional blog post. You sort of like have your intro. Obviously, you go through like the key components that you hit, wrap up, make it easy to read, use bullets. People are coming to show notes to scan to see if they're interested in listening to the full episode, right? Or in the search results. So if somebody's typing something in, they're like, ooh, yes, this sounds like something I need to listen to. So think about that when you're crafting it. And I think, you know, it's hard sometimes with show notes because they're shorter. So they're not like as meaty. But you know, if there's another episode, like link out, you know, make sure that you're obviously you're going to link to your episode, but don't be afraid to link out to like, hey, you want to learn more about the podcast host, this is my about page, things like that. Um, So you're creating that interlinking and letting Google know, hey, all of these pages um, that are interlinked together are important. Because I think sometimes show notes kind of you slap them up and then we forget about them, but making sure that they're part of your entire website content strategy. So the interlinking is really important um, and not just to your podcast pages, but also like about, et cetera. So. Mm, okay. Oh, that's a good tip to also link to other pages on your website. Yes. Yeah. And then that makes me think of like backlinks. Like that's mm. why it's so great to guest on other podcasts because hopefully if they also have show notes, they can link back to you as well. Exactly. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single 
episode. And using the right tools is the key to creating high-quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews, and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because there is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. Okay, can we touch a little bit on the idea of content pillars? I've, mm. I've heard you talk about this on Instagram as well. Can you kind of, for anybody who might not be familiar with that term, first of all, like what are content pillars and how do you use them? Yeah, so... Content pillars are basically several pieces of content around one core topic. They're all similar, but not the same. And they all relate back to a broader topic. So the one that I use all the time is business coaching because it's, it's an easy example. And the reason why it's important for SEO is because Google wants to see you as the expert, the authority, and as a trusted source, right? For the topic. So creating content pillars allows you to create tons of supporting content around your core expertise or your core two or three pillars. So if you're a business coach, obviously, you want to show Google and other platforms, hey, I'm an authority in the business coaching space. So you would create several pieces of content to support that. And it's also content pillars also really help make creating multiple pieces of content simpler. So for example, you would write you would have a, an about page that talks about you as a business coach. That's one piece of filler content. And then you might have um, a, a long form blog post that talks about, you know, what is business coaching? That's your second. And then from there, you would break it down into sort of sub content pillars, like why female entrepreneurs need to hire a business coach or top five questions to ask a business coach before hiring them. And then from there, you could break it down even further. And all of these pieces of content are about business coaching, right? But they're all different. Yeah. And they all link back to that supporting um, piece of content, which is usually your about page in that first piece you wrote on the general topic of what is business coaching. And you can create this for, like I said, multiple content uh, content pillars that you have. Most of us use that for social media, for Instagram, but I don't think people often think about them for your website too, mm -hmm. right? And I think people just write I see this a lot with entrepreneurs who are super successful in the social space and are like, okay, I need to start building my website off of Instagram and TikTok and my audience. And they just sort of write about whatever they want to write about without a content strategy. Yeah. And content pillars help anchor that strategy. So next thing you know, you've created 10 pieces of content, six months worth of blog posts, and they all come back and say, I am 
the expert when it comes to business coaching and female entrepreneurs. So it's one of my favorite strategies because it's a super effective. And it also, I think sometimes people are like, I don't know what to write about. Like, yeah. what am I even supposed to write about Nina? Um, and that helps take that sort of anxiety out of that a little bit. Yeah. And when you see how easy it is to map and the beautiful thing is for a lot of topics, it's kind of endless, right? There's so many different things you can, you know, a day in the life of a business coach, a day in the life of a holistic business coach. Like there's so many different things that you can do with it and keep on adding and compounding. So it's one of my favorite things to teach and talk about because I think it's one of the the most overlooked things when it comes to content marketing for SEO. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've heard about and I try to use content pillars for like, you know, social media for Instagram posts. Okay. These are my content pillars. These are the posts I'm going to make, but I've never thought about it as like a way to be strategic in terms of SEO as well. Like I've, I've never thought about how that's going to kind of make you that authority figure in the eyes of Google and other search engines. So yeah, that's awesome. Do you have like a recommendation for like how many content pillars you should kind of focus on? Yes. So I think Google recently came out with an update called the Helpful Content Update. And this was basically to go after people who are creating content for the sake of rankings versus being, you know, uh, establishing your expertise. So I would say don't, if you're a business coach, you know, don't start all of a sudden talking about vacation planning with kids. Right. So, you know, obviously that's something great for social media. Hey, you know, you can kind of throw that in there. Um, but focus on like, okay, I'm a business coach for female entrepreneurs. I focus on productivity, time management, and I don't know, pick a, th- pick a third one in there, right? So stick to what you're really doing and offering and what your core expertise is and not sort of like, ooh, you know what? I also really like to craft and I think that I could rank on this crafting post. I'm going to just throw that into my you know website. Yeah. No. Yeah. Google doesn't want you to do that. They really want you to focus on your core expertise and what you have to offer. And I mean, what the name is, right? Helpful content. Yeah. Make sure that whatever you're creating is actually useful. Right. And so I think sometimes in this desire to get rankings and things like that, people are like, I'm just going to slap up this content and it's, you know, it's going to drive traffic. And a lot of like media houses and things like that do that because they're based on impressions, right? They get advertisers and things like that. But for personal brands and entrepreneurs and small business owners, you really need to be selective. So unless that content is really adding value to the person who lands on it, put your energy and time elsewhere, right? So I think that alleviates a little pressure too. You don't have to create tons and tons and tons of content. You need to create consistent, helpful, useful content. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that just like, as you're talking, I'm like, I mean, talk about like holistic SEO, holistic marketing, Mm -hmm. like it just all ties together. I mean, if you can really get clear and specific on these content pillars that that you're focusing on, I mean, that it's like a ripple effect because then you're tightening up your messaging. You are getting more specific on who you're talking to. And that really matters for your website and for your podcast content. Like I have definitely seen some people who start a podcast maybe they're a blogger and they start a podcast and they're just talking about all of these different topics. And then they're not really creating this loyal following because, you know, maybe they're talking about motherhood one day and the next day they're talking about travel and the next day they're talking about cooking. And it's like, that's not 
keeping people coming back. It's not keeping mm-hmm. the same people coming back. So it all just is so interconnected. Completely. And then you also like you show up for the same thing in multiple places. Yeah. And I think that that can be really powerful. Oh, this person just showed up on TikTok and also Instagram. And hey, I did a search for like a similar topic and their blog post showed up. Oh, they must really know what they're talking about. And so I think, you know, that takes time to build that. type of online authority, but that is a hundred percent part of that ripple effect. And it can be really, really powerful. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like when you're in like a Facebook group and somebody's like, oh, I'm looking for an SEO expert and like you get tagged. It's like, yes, now Mm -hmm. you know that you've like, you've really built this brand that people know you for a specific reason, which is just like the best feeling ever. (laughs) It really is. It really is. Yeah. Okay. We've mentioned TikTok a little bit. I am not yet on TikTok. How about you? Are you on TikTok? I have a I, I have a massive ish. I have a massive love hate relationship with TikTok. If I'm yeah. hurt, like, and I I have to be careful because I don't want people to think that I'm like bashing it. I'm yeah. not. I just I there are I have a lot of issues with the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some thoughts about short form video and and all of those things as well. So I'm ish on it. I haven't posted in quite a while, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I go on there sometimes, but every time I'm on there, I feel like I'm in a casino, like, you know, and I'm just yes. like, where did the time go? Why do I feel like I've just had like four rum punches and six hours? Just like, but I haven't won any money yet. Exactly. Like nothing good has happened. So, you know, I, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about TikTok. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Clubhouse when Clubhouse mm. was a thing. Like I, I haven't joined TikTok yet. I think about it on the daily, but it's like, I, I don't know. I'm like trying in this crazy online world to like protect my energy mm-hmm. <laughs> to some degree. And like, I don't know, making that switch, it just feels like another time suck. Like I don't even have, I don't even have the TikTok app. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I have not quite gone down that rabbit hole, but I think about it all the time. Okay. I'd love to know if you're willing to share, like, what are your thoughts on short form video? Yeah. So I think short form video is amazing. Uh-huh. I think TikTok is close to peaking, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I, this isn't a, my original idea. There are a lot of like analysts and people in the industry who have said that. I think that the expectation that short form video can do all of your marketing for you, yeah. I think is a lofty one. And I think that it's unfortunate. It's There's a really, really big difference between somebody who's selling somebody else's beauty products through user-generated content or who's like, you know, selling or posting about different brands and things like that versus you trying to establish yourself as an expert and authority in a certain space. And I think there's a big disconnect between what TikTok is and their objectives. Hmm. They want to be a digital mall. They don't want you to leave the app. They want you to purchase. They're buying up, you know, um, fulfillment warehouses across America. There's a very specific goal here for TikTok. And I think that there's a little bit of, um, I'm not going to use the word disillusionment, but a little bit of a disconnect between like everybody who's on there and what they're trying to do. And so I think that as a marketer, I've been in in digital marketing for so long that I just, you know, I was there when Facebook released ads and we were all like, Ooh, (laughs) and you know, so like, I, I think that for me, um, I'm, I, it's not that I'm pessimistic. I just think that TikTok has very specific goals and they will do whatever they need to meet those goals because that's what they're there to do. Right. And I think, um, I do think too, at some point, the things that make TikTok so successful are going to get reined in a little bit by the U S government. 
mm. um, because they do use so many different things. I mean, we willingly give them, and this is true for Meta too, but TikTok, I think, takes it to the next level. Yeah. And I think at that point, you know, at some point that will get reined in a little bit. And you've even seen it in the last six months, like the ability to go viral six or nine months ago versus now. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I've seen like a lot of like influencers on TikTok be like, my, my videos aren't getting any views. Like the same thing you see on Instagram. And yes. I'm just like, so I personally, this is like, I'm, I'm probably going to listen to this podcast in a year and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said this. But I, <laughs> I, I actually think that, um, long form content is going to have like a resurgence. I think that like SEO is going to see kind of like a, Kind of like the QR code during COVID. I feel yeah. like that's going to happen with SEO <laughs> a little bit because so much content is being created right now. Like so much content is being created. Overload. The yeah. overload. And I think people are going to like, there's going to be a tipping point. Yeah. Just like there was a tipping point that sort of catapulted that popularity. And of course I'm 40. So maybe a 20 year old is listening to this and being like, nope and nope and nope. Right. But from my perspective and my client base, I definitely, and the people that I work with, I think that, um, yeah. So I, that's sort of my feeling on short form. I think it's an amazing asset and I think it's an amazing prong in your overall marketing. Yeah. And I do think at some point, depending on what you do, it needs to be a component, but I don't think it's the end all be all. Yeah, I that makes total sense. And I'm with you. So you're saying that putting your time and energy into creating great content through podcasting might be a better use of your time. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I think, because here's the thing, you know, TikTok, maybe, maybe somebody finds your video from six months ago and it all of a sudden goes viral. People talk about that. Right. It's the exception, not yeah. the rule. And again, so much content is being created on that platform. Yep. The ability to stand out. And if you are, and here's the truth that nobody wants to admit on either Instagram or TikTok, not all of us are good at video. Yeah. And so there, do you know what I mean? This is something totally. that I see. I'm like, this is not everybody's jam. It's not mine. I'm never going to get up there and be like, oh my gosh. And people are going to be like, ooh, that Absolute is not me there. No, <laughs> exactly. So like, I think that there's this, you need to lean into your strengths. And there are people who are amazing at podcasting who are never going to be the next TikTok thing. And that's okay. Right. And so the, I guess from what, from my vantage point, if I were a Pinterest brand, travel, home and garden, beauty, I would 100% be investing time in TikTok because yeah. of that discovery. If I'm a service provider like myself, I'm investing in legacy content like podcasting and things like that. You know, so yeah. And that's just my opinion and a year from now I might be like, you know what, actually, but where I see the space right now, that's that's what I'm recommending to my clients and I think a lot of it's industry specific. If you're in a in a, you know, a Pinterest brand like you need to be on or recipes cooking, absolutely. But Long-form content will never not have a place, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you. And there's something else to be said that like going viral or even, you know, getting thousands of views on a video, what does that even really mean? Like it's likes or views, but is that translating to any kind of actual mm -hmm. ROI or any actual sales? Usually no. Like a lot of the likes are coming from people who are literally not your ideal customer or client or any of that. So yeah, I mean, and hey, if you're on if you're listening and you're like TikTok has skyrocketed my business, then that is awesome and go you. I I am somebody who is probably never going to be like 
fully mm-hmm. invested in video. And that's why a lot of people get into podcasting is because they don't want to spend their time on video. So you mm-hmm. got to lean into your strengths, like you said. Yep, exactly. Totally. And I think like understanding the ROI, I think if people were actually honest about how much time they input into social media versus the actual output for their business and the bottom line. Yes. I think that there would be, and I've, I've talked about this on my podcast before too. There's a, you need to understand if you're spending 10 hours a week on a platform, what are you getting back from it? And sometimes there's just foundational building, right? When you're new. But I think as you grow, grow and build, you really need to understand where, where, where is my sweet spot and where is my target audience actually spending time, not just where I want to spend time. I think that's important too. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's so important. So important. Now real quick, just while we're on this topic of TikTok. So like how is TikTok SEO a thing? Like Mm. they're like keywords are a thing full force. hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. So I think, um, if you notice like maybe a month ago, time is like a vortex. So I don't even know, but they changed the captions from like 250 to like 2,200 characters. Oh, wow. And the, I mean, Again, this goes back to there's so much content being created on that platform, they need ways to filter through it. So I think that um, TikTok is absolutely leveraging the content aspects of SEO in terms of keywords, what you put in like the stickers, what you actually say in the audio, because they crawl the audio is important. And of course, what you put in the caption. So all of those things, TikTok SEO is absolutely a real thing. Um, I would say it's not like true SEO like we know it because true SEO has multiple components, right? I would say they're taking a facet of SEO mm. specific to keyword re- research and like content optimization and utilizing that on the platform. And that's the same for Instagram. So looking at what people are like typing into like Instagram, the app and searching for a hundred percent, like pop that up. And I'm pointing this out because everybody's like discovery. I'm like, but they see how many people are typing things into the search bar and looking for keywords to find, like searching for keywords to find topics. So it's not just all like cold discovery. People are like, I'm interested in this. So I think that's really important to remember that TikTok is seeing that user behavior and leveraging it. So Mm. type stuff in, see what people are searching for, use keyword research tools to get an idea um, and then make sure that you're targeting that in the caption, hashtags, all of that. It's definitely yeah. a thing. Okay. And so hashtags are still a thing just to... Gosh, like the most confer- controversial topic on the internet. I find I'm- a lot of my... Like when I do like a static post, I mean, so many people are looking at it because of hashtags or so it says. So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, my, my take on it, and this is an observational, I have no confirmation yeah. on this, yeah. is that they're using hashtags as keywords. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it's just, it used to be three or four years ago, you know, work from home life or, you know, like that kind of stuff where it's more descriptive versus now I think people are using hashtags to as identifiers. Right. Like this content is for solopreneurs or this content is for podcasters. And so I think that's how the platforms are looking at them and serving up content as you know, based on that versus what's a trending hashtag. I think that's where the yeah. delineation has happened is that it's not like a trending thing anymore. It's an informant. And like a tagging, so, tagging your yeah, content. Yeah, exactly. So I find them, I think they work really well still. And for TikTok, what I've seen, yes, they use them as keywords too and, and, and informational. So absolutely use them and test it, right? Test yeah, yeah. everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, what works for one person might not work for another, especially depending exactly. from business to business. So mm-hmm. that is perfect. Nina, this has been so awesome. I feel like I've learned a lot. Is there anything that like we didn't touch on that you're that you were like hoping to say that you want to cover? No, I think I'm glad we got into TikTok because that's Me what too. I wanted to get into. Yeah. So no, I think we touched on everything. Okay. Awesome. Now I've got a couple quick questions that I ask all of my guests just for fun. And then we will wrap this up. So the first one is if you could interview one of your favorite childhood stars just for fun, who would it be? Can it be a cartoon? Because uh, be- Yeah. Okay. I love well, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a Disney character. It would a hundred percent be either Belle or the Little Mermaid. Like, oh, I, I love that. <laughs> I mean, just so to age myself, I saw the Little Mermaid when it came out in theaters. Same. So. It was my first movie. Yeah. So I <laughs> was like, I remember seeing it and being like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? So, um, so an icon. Would, yes. yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I know the words to that entire movie. And yes. my daughter's like, mommy, why do you know all the words? I'm like, because I watched it a lot. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. Oh, that's perfect. She was always my favorite. My daughter mm-hmm. was, um, that's who she was for this Halloween and it made me very happy. Yes, totally. Yes, Yes, that's great. Okay. And then do you have any favorite podcasts that you're listening to right now? It could be for business or for fun. Yeah. So um, Shamelessly Ambitious. uh, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's Ash McDonald's podcast. She's a holistic business coach. She's actually a therapist turned business coach. So it's a very cool, um, if you're into woo at all, or you're just into like the more personal development side of your business. Um, I love her podcast. And she just did something called like the Momentum Project where she did a podcast episode every day for 30 days. Oh, wow. Which was like, yeah. So she, I always listen to hers. Um, and let's see, what, who else? Yeah, I listen to Amy Porterfield's podcast just because like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm in business. So I kind of I like just, pick and choose through her episodes. Same here, same yeah. here. I'm like, ooh, this looks interesting. Um, yeah. And I haven't listened to any in a while, but um, anything like true crime, ever since I've had kids, I have a harder time with true crime. Yeah. But there was this one about like this New Mexico disappearance that was so good. This was a couple years ago now. And I like, I check it constantly for updates because they update you <gasps> on the case. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, if I can remember the name, I'll send it to you. It's in my downloads. Um, so anything like that, but I have to like pick and choose it. It needs to be like no child disappearances or things like that. It has I to know. Be, like, Hits you know, differently when you're a parent. <laughs> it totally does. It has to be like, you know, did she kill him for the money or like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Yeah. Well, send me, yeah, send me that one that you just mentioned because I love shows like that. And I feel like I have a hard time finding like, you know, kind of like a series, like a big yes. story like yes. that. Yeah. I'll find awesome. Well, let us know where people can find you online. Um, so people can find me at my website, ninagibson.co, uh, or on Instagram as same handle, ninagibson.co. And yeah, I, if you find me on TikTok, I'll be impressed. But those are the two <laughs> main places that you can find me and where I spend time. That's perfect. And do you have like anything that you want to promo? Yeah. So I have a digital marketing and visibility membership called Visibility Co. And this is, we cover SEO in depth on a monthly basis, but not just SEO, all things digital marketing. So Pinterest, um, Google ads, social ads, all of these things. It launched in September, got an amazing group of women and it's ongoing enrollment. And it's been amazing so far. And I love it. So 
I would love to invite your audience to join if you are interested in accountability and connection and coaching when it comes to all things SEO and digital marketing. That is the place. Awesome. That sounds amazing. I'm going to check that out. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun to connect with you. And I just really appreciate you being here. Awesome. Thanks so much. This was great. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.